Welcome back to another episode of Next Gen Athletics, a podcast all about college sports. In today's show, we're going to talk about who the committee chose for their top 25. Afterwards, we're going to look at my top five games of the weekend, as well as my sleeper picks for game of the weekend. Then, I'll make my upset pick of the weekend. Finally, we're going to take a minute to hear from you guys and your listener questions. Now, ladies and gents, let's kick the tires and light the fires. Guys, welcome back for another episode. I realized the other day I've never actually introduced myself. So, I'm your host, Trotter Scarce. This is Next Gen Athletics, a podcast all about college sports. Uh, it's episode 10. We've reached the double digits. Uh, once again, thank you guys for all the love, all the support. Uh, keep telling your friends to tell their friends. Like I've said before, Next Gen Athletics to the moon. Um, lots to discuss on today's show, uh, from top 25 rankings to games this weekend to, uh, big exciting stuff across all of college athletics. So let's dive right in to the thick of it. And we're going to start with some of the rankings. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys knew, but the committee came out with another top 25. Um, so we're going to kind of, I'll read off those 25 names. Um, and then we'll talk about it for just a couple minutes. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but we're, we're definitely going to talk about it because there's some some topics we need to discuss. Um, the top 25 goes as following. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Michigan. Number four, TCU. Number five, Tennessee. Number six, Oregon. Number seven, LSU. Number eight, Southern California. Number nine, Alabama. Number 10 is Clemson. Number 11 is Ole Miss. Number 12, UCLA. 13, Utah. 14, Penn State. 15, North Carolina. 16, NC State. 17, Tulane. 18, Texas. 19, Kansas State. 20, Notre Dame. 21, Illinois. 22, UCF. 23, Florida State. 24, Kentucky, and 25, Washington. Like I said, there's definitely a a good bit to discuss, and we'll start with the top six, so to speak, because I think the top six are really kind of, uh, especially three through six, are really debatable at this point in time. Um, I think you'd have to be a madman to argue with Georgia being at number one. I mean, after that win this weekend and Ohio State looking as bad as they did against Northwestern, um, I understand it was raining, but still, it's Northwestern, Ohio State. You should be able to run all over them. Um, so Georgia jumps Ohio State to go to number one, rightfully so. Um, and then you got Michigan at three, TCU at four, Tennessee at five, and Oregon at six. Um, I tweeted out before the rankings came out that I thought Tennessee would stay in the top four um, with with a, what's probably one of the best losses you can possibly have in Georgia on the road. So, uh, committee kind of changing it up on me a little bit, putting TCU in. Um, I think they realized that last week they did TCU wrong and, and were were inconsistent in saying that you know they didn't they didn't like the TCU defense, but they liked the Alabama defense when the TCU defense is giving up less points per game. Um, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was basically that 
um, I think they kind of realize like, well, <laughs> crap, we we can't say that anymore because we were wrong. Uh, we totally contradicted ourselves. So TCU at four, and you know they're undefeated. They're nine and zero. The four nine and zero teams still left in college football are all uh, ranked in the top four. Which you know, I mean, if you go by the criteria, it's how it's supposed to be. So uh, not a lot of surprise there. Um, five and six at Oregon and Tennessee. Uh, it's six and five, I guess. Um, but you know that that's about where I expected them to be. Um, you know, I said it before on Monday that, that Tennessee's got to be careful this weekend. They're playing a really good uh, defensive-wise Missouri team. Um, I don't think that they're going to lose that game. I think they'll take care of business, but that's cer- certainly a, a game and especially a defense that they can't overlook. Uh, they've got to respond well and respond quickly because after the Missouri game, they've got to come here to Columbia and play uh, a potentially uh, really, really hot South Carolina team if they can win this weekend against Florida. So... Tennessee's got to be careful. Oregon is sitting right where they need to be. Because I think if Oregon can run the table and win the Pac-12, as long as a couple teams fall, I think they're good. Uh, I think they'll probably get in. They've looked really, really good the last half of the season. Bo Nix has looked as as good as ever. Um, He's definitely making kind of a claim to be in that Heisman running. I don't... I mean, I wouldn't pick him to win the Heisman, but he I think he could definitely be a finalist and, and go to New York in a couple weeks. So we'll have to wait and see, um, but that's going to be kind of all I talk about for the top half of the table. Uh, we'll talk quickly about Alabama and Clemson being at 9 and 10. Um, I think that's right. That's about where I would put them. Um, Alabama with that not as bad loss to an LSU team on the road, whereas Clemson looked terrible and got thrashed by Notre Dame on the road so uh, they're right about where I think they should be we're going to talk more about these teams a little later on uh, especially Alabama uh, with that big game coming up this weekend Uh, but kind of moving down through the polls again we're going to go to the bottom half here we've got a couple six and three teams and seven and two teams Um, and I'll say this really quickly Notre Dame at 20 is way too high Um, I understand they beat Clemson um, but I think we could all agree a Clemson team that has been stumbling their way the past couple weeks, uh, especially after um, Florida State kind of came back on them. You know, I think a lot of people expected them to handle business in that Florida State game, um, and then all of a sudden that game became close, and, and it was um, it was something where, uh-oh, like maybe they're going to lose, but they pull it out, and then it's the same thing against Syracuse. They get this scare. Is it DJ? Is it Cade? We talked about it. I think putting them at 20 is kind of ridiculous. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with it being in the top 25. Um, maybe kind of lower where you know Florida State or Kentucky is in, in 23 or 24, but 20 is a bit high for me. Um, Kentucky being ranked is high for me. Um, I said it on Twitter that I think it's ridiculous that Liberty's not ranked. Personally, I would take Kentucky out and put Liberty at 24, being 8-1. and one. Um, I, I mean, they just beat Arkansas on the road. So I'm not sure how you could sit here and, and argue that Liberty's not a top 25 team in the country because they just beat what's probably one of the better SEC teams, as crazy as it is. Um, I understand they're kind of struggling right now, but I think their their record is kind of deceiving because – they do have a couple losses uh, without their starting quarterback. So I think with without that, that mishap, without that injury, 
I think they have a lot better of a year than they're having. Um, so I think that loss is actually, or that win, excuse me, is actually a little better than people are saying it is. Um, so I, I, I mean, if you're Hugh Freeze and, and Liberty fans, I, I don't know what else you have to do. I mean, you're going to get a cupcake in Virginia Tech here in like a week. So yeah, you can go ahead and win that game, I guess. And that's another power five win. So, um, I don't, which is crazy to say that that's a cupcake game, but it is because if you haven't watched Virginia Tech, uh, they look about the worst team in college football right now. So, um, but other than that, I mean, you got Florida State ranked. They dismantled, um, not very good Miami team. Illinois falls. Texas jumps. Uh, Kansas State falls. UCF goes up a little bit. Washington, uh, rightfully so, after a win over a top 25 team, moves into the top 25. But we'll talk about them a little later on. Um, but like I said, not a ton to, to talk about, especially through the teens. Nobody really moved. Um, a couple teams went up a couple spots. A couple teams went down a couple spots. Uh, LSU moves up to seven. I don't remember if I said that or not, but once again, rightfully so. And LSU being at seven is very interesting. I've seen a couple people on Twitter uh, talk about, well, are we going to get our first two-loss team in the college football playoff? For that to happen, okay, we're going to talk about it for just a minute. For that to happen... Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan still have to play each other, so one of these two teams is going to lose. TCU would need to lose, which is very possible this weekend against Texas. And then I think Tennessee would have to lose again for for them to not get in. Even if LSU wins out and beats Georgia, I think Tennessee would have to lose another game for LSU to make it. Um I mean, TCU's proven to be a better team than LSU. Uh, they went to Baton Rouge and handled business, to put it mildly, handled business against LSU. So, um, I mean, it's possible. You know, if, if Oregon loses, Tennessee loses, TCU loses, and then obviously Ohio State and Michigan have to play each other, so one of those two teams is going to lose, and LSU somehow beats Georgia, I think they've got a chance. <laughs> but the odds of that happening are very, very slim. It's possible. Once again, it's possible. But I'd be pretty surprised. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, LSU still have to take care of business. They've still got Arkansas this weekend. They've still got a couple uh, tough games coming up. So, um, you know, and obviously with the impending doom of having to play Georgia and the SEC title game in Atlanta, I mean, that the, the dogs look as good as ever. So um, LSU has a really tough road ahead of it, and they need some help from some other people. But... I guess it's there's a chance. Um, it's not a very good one. I don't like the odds of it happening, but there's a chance. Um, I think there's a better chance of Tennessee getting in than LSU right now. So um, the Tigers are going to have to have to do what they do and, and keep winning and, and hope and pray that a couple of these other teams above them lose a game, um, especially the likes of like Tennessee and Ohio State and, and TCU and them. Um, but... That's going to do it for our top 25 preview, kind of overview, so to speak. Uh, like I said, not a ton to dissect, not a ton to debate, um, but certainly some some stuff to talk about in that one. Uh, moving into my top five games of the weekend. We've got some good ones this week, and we're going to start with the LSU Tigers, right? I said just a couple minutes ago that they were they were going to have a tough one this weekend in Arkansas against the Razorbacks. And they do. Uh, it's a 12 o'clock Eastern time kickoff, which means it's an 11 a.m. kickoff in Arkansas. Um, you know, this game is is 
a trophy game. It's a rivalry game. It's for like the golden boot or something. I think if I'm right, golden shoe maybe. Um, but Arkansas coming off the loss against Liberty, um, kind of licking their wounds. KJ Jefferson just hasn't looked the same since he got hurt. The line in this one is actually a little closer than I thought. Vegas has LSU as a 3.5 favorite as far as the line is concerned. So um, Vegas picking it to be close. I don't necessarily think it will be. I think LSU is a really good team. Um, I think that that you know this game is is not a cupcake. I'm not going to sit here and say it is, but I I honestly would argue that that game in College Station the last weekend of the year against Texas A&M is going to be a, a tougher one, and that's saying a lot because uh, Texas A&M just looks awful right now. So um, I think it's going to be probably a touchdown win or something i think it'll be uh, a handled business by lsu so i'm picking the tigers in this one uh just to recap that is lsu at arkansas that's a noon kick eastern time 11 a.m central time in arkansas moving into our next one it, this one is an interesting one number nine alabama on the road at ole miss alabama is a 12 point favorite and i disagree with that one I think Alabama, this Alabama team does not have the same kind of mental strength that we're used to seeing in a lot of Alabama teams. Uh, you know, you could see that when when they played uh, Mississippi State at home in, in a couple weeks ago after the Tennessee loss. Uh, I went on the podcast and said that I expected it to be a blowout, that I expected Nick Saban's team to really, really take care of business. And while they still won 30-6, to while they still handled business, I think in that moment... I personally kind of learned like, okay, this maybe isn't the Alabama team we're used to seeing where if they lose a game, they just unleash hell on you and they go out and win by 50 the next week. I think we're kind of seeing that. I think this Miss Ole Miss team is going to be good enough through the air to really contend with Alabama. Alabama's shown that they struggled to defend the pass. Uh, that pass rush is good. Um, I think Jackson Dart is going to have to run for his life, but I'd argue he's he's okay with that. He's used to that. That's something that he and Lane Kiffin kind of pride themselves in as being that dual threat uh, combination. So I think Ole Miss still kind of control their destiny. Uh, They need LSU to lose a game after they lost to the Tigers a couple weeks ago in Baton Rouge. So, uh, But I think Ole Miss is going to win this game. I really honestly do. That might not be a a popular pick. Um, but I think the Rebels are good. I think the Crimson Tide are just reeling right now. Uh, I think Nick Saban's side is just not what we're used to seeing out of out of the usual Alabama teams. Um, I think this Ole Miss side is, is good. I think it's underrated. Um, you know, the more LSU wins, the less bad of a loss that game looks like, especially being on the road in Baton Rouge. Um, obviously, you would like for that loss to be a little less uh, than 25 points, but they still lost to what is currently ranked the seventh best team in the country so it's not a bad loss Um, I think Ole Miss is a little underrated they've taken care of business when they need to take care of business and I think you're going to see it again this weekend Uh, Ole Miss has kind of proven to be Alabama's kryptonite in years past Uh, the Crimson Tide have dropped a couple games to Ole Miss on some crazy wacky plays and I think you're going to see it again I think it's going to be a close game it's going to go all the way down to the wire but I think the Rebels are going to get the job done I think it's going to be Upset City, um, you might see this field storm. I'm not really sure. Uh, Ole Miss actually doesn't have that big of a stadium, as crazy as it is. So 
but that crowd is loud. Uh, it's a cool place to be. It's a really good environment. Lane Kiffin's side is going to be fired up, ready to play, and I think they're going to take advantage of a struggling Alabama team getting the win over the Crimson Tide. Moving into our next one, we're going uh, out of the Power 5, and we're traveling down to the Big Easy in New Orleans. Number 22, UCF, on the road, taking on number 17, Tulane. Tulane opens as a 1.5 favorite in this one. It's a close game, and it's really anybody's game. You know, if you look at it, uh, Reese Plumley is expected to play in this one. I know he picked up an injury a couple weeks ago, uh, but he is expected to play. He's ready to go. Uh, the, the green wave coming off a big win last week, um, against Tulsa, I picked that game wrong and Tulane, while it was kind of a close game, Tulane took care of business on the road. So, uh, I think this side is, is good. I think this Tulane team has proven that sometimes you can have a bad year and respond and have a really, really good year. Um, I'm not sure if they made a coaching change or not. They might have, uh, for some reason that's slipping my mind at this point in time, but, uh, the eight and one green wave, Versus seven and two Knights. This one's close. It really is. Um, I think Tulane is having a great year. I think Tulane is kind of like that that Cinderella dark horse. You know, we almost always get one a year in college football. I know a couple years back, uh, well, I guess it was more than a couple years back, but we had Western Michigan, and obviously we had Cincinnati for a little bit. We had UCF for a while. So I think Tulane's kind of filling that role as that kind of unexpected. Uh, Cinderella team that's just kind of making a ton of noise. Um, but I think it ends this weekend. I think UCF is a really good team. They're really well coached in Gus Malzahn. I think Reese Plumley in that offense is crazy. Um, this one's probably going to have a ton of points in it. Um, I, I said that last time, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. But that over, the over-under is set at 54.5. So um, if, if I were a betting man and I was going to pick something to bet on in this game, I would bet the over. Uh, I think both teams are going to get to 30 points. Both offenses are really good. Both defenses are okay. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I think the Knights are going to do it. I think they're just a better coach team. I think they've, they're have they used to the moment. Like I said, UCF is kind of that fun, kind of flashy team that if you're not going to go and play for you know, a, a contender in a Power 5 conference, why not go and play for one of the best teams in the country outside of the Power 5 be ranked all the time, get to play in a really cool stadium and environment, live in Florida. So I think UCF is going to do it. I think that it's going to be a close game. I do. The, the line is at one and a half. I would not be shocked if this was you know, something where they're driving down the field at the very end of the game and, and kick a field goal to win it. So, But at, at 3.30 on ESPN2, UCF takes on Tulane, and I think the Knights are going to get the upset over the green wave in this one. Moving out west at 7 p.m. on Fox, number 25, Washington is going to travel down to Eugene and take on number six, Oregon. Oregon is a 13 and a half point favorite in this one. Washington's been good all year. I've said it uh, a lot. I think they're one of the kind of, you know, being on that west coast, a lot of those teams who are, you know, Washington sit at 7 to 2, don't get a lot of publicity, they don't get a lot of press coverage. Um, but they've, they've had a really good year. Uh, one of their losses coming to UCLA on the road in a close one. So, you know, they've got a good loss. The other one's a, a bad loss to Arizona State, but a good loss uh, nonetheless. Obviously, Oregon's got that really good loss to Georgia. Um, it In and of itself, that loss is actually a bad one. Uh, they lost 49-3 to 
Um, but that, that offense has kind of come together afterwards. Um, sometimes, you know, that first week of the season can be, you know, your biggest uh, kind of offensive struggle game, so to speak. So I think we saw that in Oregon. Um, and I think we learned in that one that, that, that Georgia defense is just that good. I mean, you look at it, they, they, hold, they held Tennessee to 13 points. Yes, I understood it started raining in the second half, and there was like a combined 10 points or something in the whole second half alone, but they still held the, the Volunteers to 13 points. They held the Ducks to three points, and that's two of the highest-scoring offenses in the country. Uh, the over and under at this one is set at 72.5. Uh, obviously, Vegas thinks there's going to be a ton of points scored in this one. I agree. Um, you, you'll get kind of your Pac-12 shootout game where both teams will get the 30 points and then the winner will get the 40 points. You know, we kind of saw that a couple weeks ago in the Utah-USC game. Um, and I picked that one right. I'm going to pick this one right. I think the Ducks are good. I think they control their own destiny. I think right now, if I was a betting man, I would bet to put Oregon in uh, in the playoffs. They've got some games still coming up that are going to be tough. These last three weekends are going to be all very, very tough games. They've got Washington at home this weekend before hosting number 13 Utah next weekend before going on the road to Corvallis uh, and, and Oregon State to finish the year. Oregon State, that team, that rivalry game in years past has kind of proven to be a tough one for the Ducks to get over. Uh, Oregon State obviously was ranked last week, so that's a good Oregon State side down there. Um, I think Oregon's got a ton of football left to play. They've got a ton left to prove. Uh, but I really like the Ducks. I really like Bo Nix. Like I said, he's kind of proven to be uh, a Heisman caliber quarterback. You know, that's something we weren't used to seeing him do at Auburn. But he's really done really well in the in the offense out there. Uh, Oregon is playing fun, exciting football right now. And I think it continues this weekend and a win over the Washington Huskies in this one. Moving into our fifth and final game of the weekend, arguably the game of the weekend, number four TCU on the road at number 18 Texas. Uh, game day's there. It's a 7.30 kick on ABC. It's going to be packed, sold-out crowd down there in Austin, um, and it's going to be a really fun one. We're going to learn a ton about both teams in this one. It's crazy to think that we're in week 11 and we're still learning a ton about these teams, but we are. The, this TCU defense has looked really good all year, but they're going to have to step it up and have an even better year, even better game if they want to stop the likes of B. John Robinson in this one. Robinson has uh, almost 1,200 yards. Uh, he's got 12 touchdowns as well, so kind of proving to be the cream of the crop, the best running back in college football this year. Uh, nobody else really comes close to matching those numbers. Um, so this is going to be a really exciting game. It's going to be uh, a game where we're going to have to see extremely good quarterbacking play from Texas to win. Um, this TCU offense has proven that they can put points on the board. Uh, Max Duggan is having a great year. He's got an even better wide receiver in Quentin Johnson, who's having just an absolute heck of a year. Uh, his size is just, you can't stop it, sitting at 6'4", 215 pounds. Um, the wide receiver is looking to have uh, a good end of the season and boost that draft stock. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be eligible for the draft this year or not, but regardless, he's he's going to be one to, one to get in the future. Um, Texas is a seven-point favorite in this one. The over-under set at 65.5, um, but you know what? It might be an upset by Vegas' standard, but it's not an upset by my standard. I think the Horn Frogs' defense is good. Um, I've said it before. I'm really high on TCU. I might eat my words on this one. I picked against Texas last week, and they and they they got me. 
Um, but I think that Horn Frog's defense is going to do enough to stop B. John Robinson and make Quinn Ewers do something. Um, and I think the freshman's kind of showing that he's a freshman right now, and he's showing that that learning curve could be steep. Um, and I think the, the Horn Frogs defense does enough to keep the game close, and Max Duggan and that offense does enough to, to get the job done. So I'm picking the Horn Frogs in this one in my fifth and final game of the weekend. Just to recap, my top five games of the weekend are number seven, LSU at Arkansas. I'm picking the Tigers. Number nine, Alabama at number 11, Ole Miss. I'm taking the Rebels. Number 22, UCF at number 17, Tulane. I'm taking the Knights. Number 25, Washington at number 6, Oregon. I'm taking the Ducks. And finally, number 4, TCU at number 18, Texas. And I'm taking the Horn Frogs. Don't go anywhere. We're going to get into sleeper picks and upset pick of the weekend next. Like always, there's probably four or five different games I could pick for sleeper picks of the weekend, but I'm only going to pick two, um, and I'm going to start us off in the SEC with South Carolina traveling down to the Swamp, taking on the Florida Gators. South Carolina sits at 6-3 and three in the year, 3-3 three and three in conference. Florida sits at 5-4, and 2-4 and four in conference. So two very evenly matched teams. The key to this one is going to be offense. Uh, both defenses have struggled. South Carolina has not stopped the run all year. Uh, that that secondary has proven to be really good. They lead the SEC in interceptions with 11. So uh, Anthony Richardson, obviously, is a, is a mobile quarterback. Florida has tended to run the ball more than they have thrown the ball uh, with the likes of Trevor Etienne and Montrell Johnson. Uh, and obviously, like I just said, uh, Anthony Richardson is a mobile quarterback. They give him a lot of options to run the ball a lot of the time. So uh, that Carolina defense is going to have to step it up, stopping the run this weekend if they want to get the win. Uh, but that Florida defense has looked even worse. Uh, they can't stop the run or the pass. So uh, South Carolina's offense is going to have to continue from from that big performance last week against Vandy. Uh, Marcus Satterfield is going to have to get out of his own way on this one and continue to, to dial it up and, and have a good play calling day like he did last week. Um, it's going to be a close one. Right now, Vegas has Florida as an eight-point favorite. I don't necessarily know if eight points is going to be a win margin. Um, you know, Florida's looking to get bowl as eligible in uh, Billy Napier's first year. Uh, I know a lot of Florida fans have been kind of all over the place. They've been a very, very inconsistent team, just to say the least, this year. Um, you know, they got they got bullied a couple weeks ago against LSU, but then last weekend went to College Station and beat a Texas A&M team that somehow loses every game by like four points. So Florida's been playing good football recently. Uh, in his last three games, I think starting in the second half against Georgia, Anthony Richardson has thrown nine touchdowns and zero interceptions, or maybe it's the whole game against Georgia. Um, I'm not sure. So the Gators looking to to get bowl eligible. They've got a tough end of the year. They've got Vanderbilt on the road next week before traveling to Tallahassee to play uh, their rival in the Florida State Seminoles. So Florida, you know, they look at this one and say, well, there's a good chance we could win the next three. There's a good chance we could lose the next three with maybe the exception of losing on the road to Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt is just the best away game possible. So um, I think it's going to be really close. I, I don't know about eight points, but I, I think Florida's offense is going to do enough to keep their defense um, from getting in the way. I think South Carolina's offense has struggled too much to put up as enough points to to contend with the Gators. 
I think the Gators are going to run the ball for 400 yards and throw the ball for 100 yards and take care of business. So uh, I hope I'm wrong. Go Cox. But I'm taking the Florida Gators in this one. Uh, being at home, being at the fact that South Carolina can't stop the run and that's what Florida does best, I think the Gators are going to win in a close one over the South Carolina Gamecocks in this one. My next pick for sleeper game of the weekend is the Pitt Panthers on the road taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, this game is very interesting. You've got two good quarterbacks in Keaton Slovis and Brandon Armstrong. So I think this one's going to come down to which running back can have a better day. Um, and, and I think it's going to be Pitt. Israel Abanakande has proven to be one of the best running backs in the country. He's got 16 touchdowns on the year. Um, I think it's going to be close. You know, Virginia's got a pretty good offense. Armstrong is a really good quarterback. He's got over 2,000 yards on the year, six touchdowns. So, uh, you know, I think it's one of those things where that, that Virginia defense can't stop anybody, um, but the offense does enough to put some points on the board to keep it close. Pitt's a four-point favorite. The over-under set at 40. Um, I doubt there's going to be a ton of points scored in this one, um, even with the struggles that Virginia's had on defense. Pitt has kind of proven that they can't get out of their own way on offense. So um, it's going to be a close one. I think, you know, being in Virginia, being that it's probably going to be pretty rainy in Charlottesville, um, I think keeps it close. But I bet the Pitt Panthers are going to get the job done. They're going to get things taken care of. Give me the Pitt Panthers over the Virginia Cavaliers in this one. And I know that was kind of short, but there's just not a lot to cover on that one. Uh, both teams have kind of struggled all year. Pitt is five and four; they'll move to six and four with a win. Virginia is three and six; they'll move to three and seven with the loss. Um, but just to recap, uh, my two sleeper picks for game of the weekends are Florida and South Carolina. I'm taking Florida and Pitt at Virginia. I'm taking Pitt. Moving into my upset pick of the weekend, and this one. It is kind of under under the radar game. I think it could be a really, really good game. Um, but uh, my upset pick of the weekend is the Maryland Terrapins getting the win over the Penn State Nittany Lions. This game is in Happy Valley, but I think the Maryland Terrapins and that offense is going to do enough. Tulia Takavailoa has kind of come into his own and proven that he is a good, good quarterback. Uh, maybe not as good as his brother Tua, but still a good quarterback in and of itself. Uh, Maryland's having a great year. They sit at six and three, three and three in conference. Penn State, obviously, fourteenth in the country, seven to two overall, four and two in conference. Um, I just think that defense it, it can't do enough, and it won't it won't be able to hold up for for the whole game against Maryland. Uh, that team is very good. They sling the ball around very well. Um, they've got a good running back uh, in what's his name, Roman Hemby. So he's having a good year, almost reaching a thousand yards, seven touchdowns. He's a big physical guy at six foot, two hundred pounds. So I think it's going to be a close one. I think the Penn State, being at home, being a ten point favorite, um, is going to keep it close. But my upset pick of the weekend is Maryland to upset the Nittany Lions on the road in Happy Valley. That's going to do it for our football coverage of the podcast today. Um, we're going to move into a couple other sports. Uh, basketball is on. It's been a crazy week. Uh, nothing huge to report there. A couple upsets in uh, Louisville losing and Florida State losing. A couple bad ones. Um, but regardless, other than that, not a lot to, to report. Uh, no real big games coming up. 
Um, I will say South Carolina Clemson plays tomorrow at 7 on the ACC Network. Um, I'm pretty sure that's probably the biggest game of the weekend. You know, we're in that kind of time frame where nobody really plays anybody solely because, you know, football's on. There's not a lot to report. Um, I will say Michigan State and Gonzaga play. I'm looking at this right now. Um, so that'll probably be a pretty good game. Uh, two storied programs in that one. Going to be duking it out for the right to be uh, one of the best teams in the country. Um, but like I said, other than that, we're in that time of year where, you know, nobody really plays anybody just solely because, you know, nobody's trying to get hurt. Nobody's really paying attention to college basketball yet. Um, I saw a couple of different things about, you know, they should make a committee and have, you know, the committee come up with an idea for for something where college basketball can be, you know, noticed, be popular this time of the year. Um, but I think they do that pretty decently well with their kind of early season tournaments. Um, you know, I know there's there's a couple of different tournaments coming up. Obviously, you've got uh, the the Blue Blood Classic or whatever it's called, where you know Kentucky and Duke and Michigan State and all kinds of different teams. I forget the other one. Come and play uh, in, in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis in a couple of weeks. You've got uh, the Hawaii tournament, the Bahamas tournament, the Battle for Atlantis is that's a cool one. Um, on a couple of different tournaments all over the place. I know there's one in Charleston that I'm going to try and get down to and cover for you guys. Um, that's going to be that'll that's kind of up in the air right now, but we're trying to get that set up and taken care of. Um, but lots of fun basketball on. Um, it's exciting. You know, this is a good time of the year for teams to kind of get going, get their roster set, figure out who's ready to rock and roll because you know come come. After Christmas, it's it's ready to rock and roll. It's conference set schedules only, pretty much, um, and it's exciting. It's it's fun. There's lots going on in college basketball. Um, also, women's soccer start their national tournament this weekend. Uh, lots of big games going on. Uh, we're going to cover more of that next week on Monday after we've kind of had a chance to see a couple different teams play. Uh, I'll make some predictions as far as the tournament's going to go um, on, in that one. Also, men's conference finals are this weekend. The ACC conference final is Clemson versus Syracuse. Um, And it's crazy to think that Clemson kind of went on a miracle run in this one. They were the eighth seed in the ACC, having having lost so many players from last year. They had a rough end of the year. Um, But they've really gone on a miracle run. They need to win this one to probably make the tournament. They don't have quite the resume to get in without it. So uh, Clemson's looking to get that win. Uh, The Big Ten... Is final is Indiana versus Rutgers. Rutgers kind of like Clemson going on that Cinderella run. Indiana being one of the most storied programs in college soccer, looking to continue their dominance in the Big Ten. Uh, both of these games are on Saturday night. Um, I think both of them are will be kind of only on or no, they're on Sunday. Excuse me, Sunday. Um, both of those games will be on their respected channels. Um, and the Pac-12 doesn't actually have a tournament. They do kind of a regular season winner, and that was Washington. Being the number one team in the country, uh, Washington just ran away with it. The, the next closest player was Stanford with three wins. Washington was seven. So uh, exciting kind of end of the years and beginnings going on all over college sports right now. I know women's volleyball is finishing up their regular season, moving into conference championships. So lots of fun stuff going on. Uh, it's an exciting time to to be watching college athletics it's an exciting time to be following your team football is getting exciting it's chaos basketball is on women's soccer men's soccer is finishing up their year volleyball is finishing up their year so 
lots of fun, exciting stuff going on. It's a cool time to be to be covering it, uh, and I'm here and covering it for you guys. I will make sure that you guys know all there is to know about these different sports, these different leagues, these different tournaments, because I know it's a lot, and I'm going to give you guys a podcast. I'm going to give you guys a platform to voice your opinions, to hear uh, updates on it, to be knowledgeable so you can impress your friends with knowing all about college sports. Uh, with that being said, I added a new segment. I thought I was thinking about ways to kind of create a better atmosphere for the show. So I thought last night, heck, I'm going to post something and, and see if I can get some listener questions. And I only got one. So I think what I'm going to do next time is post it on Twitter and on Instagram, maybe do one of my the story kind of question things. Um, and so I'll look at it there. But I only got one. So if you have not followed the Twitter, it's next underscore gen underscore a t h i'll be posting our next listeners questions for monday show on sunday night uh, maybe sunday afternoon to give you guys a little bit more time to go and ask your questions but i got one and it was from a friend of the show gray underscore mon 21 and his question is a really good one he says what is your reaction to the national perception of programs such as Alabama and Clemson's with the consensus of their quote dynasties end quote are quote over end quote um and this is a great question I think that a lot of people are sitting here and they're saying well you know Clemson and and Alabama their time has come and gone I don't necessarily think that's true um obviously the both of these teams recruit extremely well uh, I think Clemson is kind of finding out that sometimes when you have two quarterbacks with the likes of Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, that sometimes that third guy doesn't always live up to the hype. Um, and so I think, you know, Clemson having two kind of down years, not because they're a worse team, because I just think that they don't have as good of a quarterback as they have had in years past. Um, Alabama is is interesting because, you know, Alabama, as of late, has kind of struggled, um, obviously with the exception of, of 2020, other teams in the SEC have really stepped up their game, and they're making it very difficult for the Crimson Tide to kind of dominate the Southeast. Clemson, Georgia, LSU have kind of all stepped up, and, and recently Ole Miss and Tennessee have kind of all stepped up and said, listen, the Southeast isn't just run by the Crimson Tide. So I think the the the, the notion that Alabama's done, that their dynasty's over, I think is a bit of an overreaction. Um, I think it's an overreaction for both teams, but... Um, I definitely think that Alabama, this Alabama team that we've seen these past couple years is not as good as the Alabama teams we're used to seeing. And I think that's because there are just better teams out there. I think there are other options for these really good recruits to go to um, with the likes of Clemson, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, um, you know, Florida and South Carolina are kind of looking to, to join that group, Arkansas as well. So lots of Lots of other teams kind of offer offer different recruits, different things, um, and NIL has kind of come in and, and really changed the landscape of college football. So I think Alabama is just one of those teams that's uh, not on the, the beneficiary side of NIL, um, and I think Clemson's fine. Uh, like I said, I just think they're not used to having a quarterback that isn't, you know, top 10 draft pick quarterback. So uh, I don't think those dynasties are, quote, over- um, but I definitely think they're, they're, they've got to do something, and they've got to do something quick if both of these teams want to remain uh, at the very tippity-top of college football. So, uh, Grayson, uh, thank you for your question. It was a great one. Um, and guys, listen, I want to have 
kind of listener reactions. I want to have the listeners interact with the show. Um, you know, th- like I've said, this show is just as much yours as it is mine. I just happen to be the guy who won't shut up and talks all the time. So uh, get your get your questions in. Uh, feel free to DM us. Feel free to to reach out any way possible. You can also go on anchor.fm slash next-gen-athletics and you can leave a voice message. So as fun as that is, I will try and get some of those on the show if that's kind of where you guys like to go with that. Um, but interact. Feel free to, to do whatever you want with the show. Like I said, it's yours just as much as it is mine. Um, but that's going to do it for us today, guys. Um, I think it's a little bit of a longer show. Lots to cover, like I said at the beginning. So uh, make sure you go follow the social medias at Twitter and on Instagram at next underscore gen underscore A-T-H for the Twitter and next underscore gen underscore athletics for the Instagram. Have a great week, guys. Stay safe. I know it's raining here. It's uh, Hurricane Nicole in Florida, so you guys be careful. Uh, My thoughts and prayers go out to all those affected. Um, Be careful. Be safe. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you guys on Monday.